Uh, good morning, everyone. My name is Sean Burke, and I am the marketing director here at Tigabud. And today, here on Tigabud Tidbits, I'm here with Karina Frankie of Brand Besties, which is an experiential marketing and uh, event staffing firm. And so today, we're going to talk with her just about a bunch of different topics, ranging from you know how do you choose staffing to you know what do events fail at when they try and do experiential marketing. So, Corina, thanks for being on the show today. Yes, awesome. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. Ticket bud. Oh yeah, that's where it's at. Um, so anyway, I want to start off. So, Corina, you have a really fascinating life story. Um, I read one of her blog posts. So she's been a stunt double for Michelle Rodriguez and Machete, which is a pretty cool movie if you haven't seen it. Um, she has been an underground Texas Hold'em dealer, which kind of reminds me of that uh, Je- Jessica Chastain movie, Molly, uh, yeah, Molly's Game. Game. I, I don't know. That was the first thing I thought of. <laughs> and um, you know, of course, now you're an entrepreneur with your own event staffing company, which is called Brand Besties. Um, Corina, how could you tell us more about you know throughout this life story how you got into experiential marketing and events? Sure. Um, So yeah, that was a great introduction. Thank you. I'm like, oh god, I sound like a badass. (laughs) (laughs) You definitely are. Um, Honestly, it was through the underground poker ring that I learned about um, the world of like brand ambassadorship. Uh, There was a woman. She was the game girl. You know, the girl that walked around the table and gave little massages or like grabbed cocktail drinks from the kitchen and brought them back to the table. She was a brand ambassador. And I remember her telling me her experience of being a brand ambassador. And I thought I was fascinated. I'm like, I love just sitting around a table, dealing cards and learning about 10 different lives. But I was never the one to interact back. I was focused on the game, focused on the money. So um, what she did, being able to talk to strangers for a living and get paid for it, really excited me. So um, I jumped on board with her and our first our first experience was walking around the streets of downtown Austin, handing out samples of Pantene Pro-V before it was popular. Before it was in every major store across the country, we were handing out little sample packets to anyone who would take them. And that was kind of like my first taste um, street team marketing experiential because we were providing an experience you know, by giving out uh, samples of Pantene Pro-V and getting people really jazzed up and excited about it. Definitely. And so what did you learn from this for this first sort of like street team experience with Pantene? Because I mean, obviously, you know, it's like a completely new thing for a lot of people. So like what like what were your like best experiences? What were your biggest like learnings mm-hmm. from that? Honestly, I feel like I was very shy. I didn't think that I was as shy as I was until you put me in front of the entire community of Austin. And I had to like go up to them and have a conversation with them. I learned really early on that I was shy and that I had, if I wanted to be really good at this job, that I couldn't be shy. And so um, just being aware of rejection and accepting it was really key for me. And, um, you know, rejection meaning like, oh, no, thank you, I don't want it. It's like, okay, that person doesn't want it. It has nothing to do about me. It has everything to do with they just don't want the sample in this time in their life. So um, I think the rejection piece, but what I really learned is that the manager who was managing all 15 of us was um, receiving a stipend for her phone. Uh, She received a brand new computer. She was able to like manage 15 women, you know, inspire them, motivate them. And I really loved what she was doing. I was like, man, if we're over here and she's over here, like how did she 
get there. So I, I became really interested in her life story and I learned a lot about her. I asked for her resume, I looked at all the agencies she worked with, and I was like, how can I become a manager? And so I, I worked my way up, I did a lot of promo gigs, I learned a lot about the business, and eventually I flew out to Chicago and New York and I knocked on agency doors and told them that I wanted to be a manager. And um, I didn't get any gigs there and then, but about a few months later, I got a call from one of those agencies and they asked me to represent Lone Star Beer in San Antonio as a field manager. So that was kind of like my first taste of kind of climbing the ranks, moving up the ladder. Um, but yeah. That's really cool. So how did that go? I mean, because obviously you didn't really, I mean, at least from what I'm sure. seeing, you didn't really have any managerial experience from there so was there anything that you looked to in particular when you were starting to manage people like did you con consult any resources like what did you do to get yourself to that position where you could manage a team of people I mean you know that's a great question I feel like I should reflect on that because I feel like it might be a question some others would ask me in the future but I was so young I yeah. mean I wasn't even 21 when they gave me this field management um, position because in the bars in Texas you can technically serve alcohol at 18 um, but I was about 20 years old and I just I believe that it had more to do with with my determination than it did about what I knew at the moment I just knew that being a good human being listening carefully responding with kindness and courage was always like at the forefront of what I did and it, it worked out well people felt respected they felt honored they felt like I cared and that was how in my opinion from the managers that I've had in the past whether it I mean even as a poker dealer I still I still responded to someone I still you know the owner of the house whoever that was my boss so and they took that very seriously like the world of poker underground cash games it's not like fun and booze it's like it's a real it's a real serious tone but um yeah i feel like just the people in my lives my mom my dad they're very uh respectful kind they had great values and i think all of those things just having good values and um, concepts for life like that's important and I think that shows in everything that you do so for me being a manager leader was not something I was scared of I was like I got this because I have the life lessons you know that's good that's good um, so you know for experiential marketing and sure. being a manager um, you know staffing is definitely a key point right because yes. again you like you do have to have that respect you do have to have all that um, beyond sort of the basics of the resume and experience um, are there any particulars that you look for in a hire? And I don't just mean like, oh, that they're respectful, but I mean, is there anything that you would ask them where the question would be very illuminating onto that? Like, are there any sort of tells as to where someone will be good for like a hire? Oh, sure. I mean, you know, a lot of times we do, re we recruit and we recruit cheerleaders or, I mean, we go after cheerleaders. We look for Disney characters because in the in Disney world, you have, in order to be a Disney character for the big Disneys in, in the US, you have to go to Japan and be a Disney character there first. And you go through this rigorous like two year training and you are always in character. You can never be out of character. So these people, these amazing human beings with all this character and imagination and curiosity, they are being taught by Disney themselves um, to, be, to be on all the time so we like to go after those individuals and share this opportunity with them so that when they're out of school and they're looking for their acting gigs or their modeling gigs that they have this um, on the side but you know 
you can tell a lot when you FaceTime with someone and just their energy or their attitude or, you know, did they care to like do their hair or put makeup on for the interview? I mean, and you're talking about 18 to 24 year olds who are typically the staff that we're going after for experiential marketing. And um, yeah, there's a lot of little tells on whether or not they're going to be responsible, show up on time, just have good energy and behave and behave, behave well yeah. <laughs> while they're there. So yeah, you know, I love um, learning that people were waiters or wait staff at some point because they're always interacting with people. They are always having conversations with people. They're not shy about it. And those are also really good tells that they can handle a position of engaging with total strangers and just, you know, going with the flow. Nice. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, so on the other hand, of course, I mean, maybe it was starting out or maybe, maybe you misread someone, but I was curious, have you ever had an issue with someone who you've had staffs with and if so like how did you resolve those issues sure <clears throat> you know when you put tons of women and men together there's bound to be two personalities out of the 10 that are going to clash it happens all the time and um, it's up to us as managers to figure out how can we reduce the stress and just how do we gain cooperation from everyone? Um, not too long ago, we hired a, a team of 10 to go out into the market and bring awareness to a new acupuncture firm. And the goal was to share an, an acupuncture experience with all of their neighbors. So within a three mile radius, they would go to the neighborhood taco shops and nail salons and malls and they would um, tell, they would give them a free coupon for like a free acupuncture experience. Well. To, of the 10 women, two of the women that we paired to go out into the market together, they just could not get on the same page about where to meet and when to meet. And it was a huge source of frustration for one of the, the ambassadors who's very like A-type, very organized. Um, and she expressed to one of our coordinators that she w did not want to continue with the experience. It was a six-day experience. She no longer wanted to, to like be on it because she just could not get on the same page with the other brand ambassador. So I was privy to this information on a call and I ended up saying, all right, let me have a conversation with her. And so I called the A-Type ambassador and I said, look, we love working with you. We work with you often. We do not want to lose this relationship. What can we do for you to make this a better experience for you? And she was like, Karina, I can, this girl will not like answer my text messages. She said that we would meet at this time at this location and then she changed it. Like I can't count on her. I feel like if I do this with her, it's, it's already like very, there's a lot of tension already. And I'm like, okay, so what are the things that you need to make this work? Like what, what, if you can have anything, what would it be to make this work? And she listed off like, I just need clear communication. I need to know every day for the next six days where we're gonna meet. And I was like, okay, I think we can do this for you. Just give me a second. I'm gonna call the other ambassador and we'll get this all figured out. I was like, do you want to, do you want to work with us? Do you want to make this a good experience? And she said, yes. And I was like, okay, awesome. So then I got on with the other ambassador and I said, look, um, we really want to work with you. Uh, we chose you because we believe that you have the right mindset and attitude to get this done. There's a few things that the other ambassador needs so that the two of you can like combine forces and do awesome. And I, I let her know what those things are. And I said, do you think you can do that for her? Because right now she's having um, a little bit of stress, you know, from the conversations that you're having. And she was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I never meant for that to happen. You know, of course I want this to be a great experience. Like totally, what can I do? And I'm like, okay. So then, you know, when you get them on the same 
playing field. I just think that sometimes there's a lack of communication. And I think in all relationships, it is a lack of communication. You just have to be open and willing to have those hard conversations and know that the two of you at, at the least have an ob objective of getting out there, doing a good job, and then going home and getting paid for that good job. So um, in the end, that team made the most leads. They had the most leads of all the other teams. They rocked it. We hired them again for another experience together. So I just think it's the communication, you know, and you have to be willing and curious in order to solve those things because that was that's a huge project for us. We do these all around the country with the same brand. So imagine if like that blew up in our face day of. So you just have to kind of get them on the same page. Yeah, nice. I mean, that's definitely that's definitely a good idea. And um, you know, especially for events, you know, when you're doing you know this marketing, where you're doing sort of like the event staffing, do you guys? or do the companies that hire you, do they have any sort of key performance indicators or do they have any numbers that kind of help you track the impact of what you guys are doing? Sure. And you know, I, I feel like as you're saying that, I have to make a difference between an event and an experience. Yeah, that's because fine. I feel like um, events are oftentimes, you know, they could be pop-ups. Um, they could be just, you know, corporate events or trade shows. Um, but an experience, an experience is an opportunity. It's a, it's creating a moment to deepen the relationship with the consumer. And so a lot of times they don't use what, what events do, which a lot of times is manipulation. Manipulation is if you download this app, we'll give you, or if you take this photo and post it at Instagram, you have a chance to win $500. That's kind of manipulation in the sense of we, we, are, we have a give and we want to give it to you if you would do this for us. And so it, there is a reciprocal thing because also the consumer wants the cash or they want the hot dog or they want the beer, whatever the case is. So it works. But an experience, I mean, if you went to South by Southwest this year um, and Westworld, Oh yeah, I heard about that. Everyone heard about that. And why did everyone hear about that? That's the point. That is an experience. Um, that is deepening the relationship. Westworld is obviously a TV show that um, created this experience at South by Southwest. It was an experience where people got to choose to experience it. People are choosing to go to South by Southwest knowing that there are going to be brand activations everywhere and that people are going to be throwing things down your throat every second that you get. But we're choosing that experience because we want to be a part of it. But in South by Southwest, everyone wanted to be at the Westworld. They weren't trying to get them to buy anything or they were trying to share this experience of what Westworld is so that when someone was like, did you see Westworld? And you're like, no, what's Westworld? Well, then that becomes an ambassador and tells you what Westworld is. And now you might go on whatever um, television network yeah, is on yeah, and watch on HBO. it. HBO. Yeah. So, I mean, they created an experience to deepen the relationship with their fan base, you know, and that is that is truly an experience. Experiences are typically limited. And you can have experiences in stores. Like, I mean, Bucky's in itself is an experience. When people drive through Texas, they're like, I want to go to Bucky's. Why? Because it's an experience to go to Bucky's. Um, but experiential marketing isn't new. I mean, yeah. ever since the age of advertising, it's been around. I mean, if you go to the mall, you would oftentimes see the, the Toyota cars like sitting there and inside the mall. And your mom's like looking around thinking, hmm, what would it be like to sit do you mind in this if I, car? Do you mind if I interrupt really quick? So I oh, do sure. want to give some context for the people <laughs> who do not live in Texas, but um, Bucky's is this absolutely <laughs> massive Walmart-sized gas station that has tons of different 
items, but they're on um, like kind of sort of key highways in between the cities of Austin and Houston, you know, Austin and Dallas. But yeah, there are these absolutely massive gas stations, like the biggest <laughs> you would have ever seen in your entire life. They're crazy. They're but so big. Anyway, I, I just felt like I had to give that some context because no, I can that's imagine totally some fair. people are like, all right, well, what's Bucky's? What's Bucky's? Oh, yeah, and, then there, and then there's this big squirrel mascot that people like to take pictures in front of. But again, it's an experience. Yes, right? it is an experience. And that's the thing. Experiences are shareable. And when you're talking about metrics, oftentimes there's, and this is why, an experience shows growing, but the metrics are really you know, it's hard to scale experiential, but the metrics could be photographs, how many people are talking about it, like what the buzzworthy, because really at the, at, if you're truly going for experiential, you're going to provide an experience to deepen the relationship with your customer and to hopefully for that customer to become ambassadors and tell their friends through photographs, through tweeting, through Instagram stories, what that brand is all about. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, that kind of brings me to another question, which would be, you know, if an event did want to utilize not so much a quote manipulation, but more of, you know, this experience sort of encouraging people, what have, what events have you seen that do experiential marketing well, if any? <clears throat> well, well and scrappy are two different things. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of smaller brands, they oftentimes call us and they want to do experiential marketing. And to them, they believe experience marketing is sending a team of, of really great um, women and men to a concert to give them a flyer that leads to a free you know, purchase of a product. There, that's not really an experience in my opinion. That is more of a pop-up, you know, it's a guerrilla sh street team. Uh, it's street team marketing tactics. It's like, here's a flyer, like check us out, like bring in awareness. Um, to do it really well requires a lot of money. It's, it's expensive, it's, you know, experiential is expensive and the, the biggest part of it is the brainstorming because it all, it all goes down to who are you? What is your brand? What is your purpose? It all starts with purpose. Like why, are you, why do you exist in this world? Like what part do you play? And when you start to really narrow down on the purpose and then you start looking at all the brand assets that the brand has already created for themselves, including, you know, their messaging, their vision, their mission statement, all the way down to their Instagram and Facebook crowds, you then start to realize like who is my target market and where do I find them? Because with experiential marketing, you go to the place where your customer works, lives and plays. So you, and again, because they're already there and they can experience it just like South by, people are choosing to go to South by, the brand, brands are gonna be there because they want to get in front of the people who are choosing to be in this, in this experience of an event so um, it's really hard to do without a lot of money but I think with time and energy to really brainstorm and, and talk about this the purpose of the brand you can probably come up with something really meaningful and that is buzzworthy and that you can do on a on a you know low to medium-sized budget nice that's, yeah. that's really cool um, do you have a favorite like event experience that you've been involved in, you know, that you've done sort of experiential marketing for? Oh, you know, when I think about experiential marketing, um, and I'm thinking during South by, nothing that we're directly a part of, but I remember United Health. They put together this man-made ATM machine where someone was in the back of the ATM machine. I mean, it was cardboard. It was a cardboard ATM machine, and. Um, it had United Health, uh, or, uh, 
maybe I'm, maybe it's the wrong bank. I'm so sorry. Uh-oh. I don't know if it's maybe they didn't do a good job. <laughs> it, I think it is United Health. Yeah. Is there a United Health Bank? That I don't know. Okay. I'll, I'll have to check after. Yeah, for sure. So um, I'll put it. I'll put it in the show notes if I find it out. <laughs> I know. I feel terrible now that I'm I'm second guessing what the brand was, but they had a, this cardboard ATM that you put your hand in and you got a prize out of it. And it literally they were just giving out prizes. It was like in the little note that said thank you on behalf of our banking system like please check us out and literally just giving gifts. So people were putting their hand in and grabbing gifts. I mean, they had like $20 bills. They had, you know, kind bars. They had all types of like Austin based, um, the supporting Austin brands and giving them products and services. And I just thought it was a really like fun way to experience their brand without having to give them my email address or download an app. Like they're literally there just to create an experience for you, for the person. And I thought that was really cool of all of the activations that I saw during South by, but, um, so yeah. Nice. That's really cool. Um, so let's say that you have the opportunity to, you know, staff or, you know, do something for like your perfect, like what would be in your eyes? Like, the perfect sort of like experiential marketing or event experience like you like money is not an object you're able to do basically anything that you want is there anything that you would just really love to do like an experiential marketing or an event for oh i know you asked me this question i should have had a, a answer prepared you know i love the idea of sharing hugs and happiness with people yeah. if there was a, a brand that kind of spoke that language it would be really awesome to just like hire a team of like jazzed up awesome brand ambassadors in every major market around the country and just like give out hugs and like happiness and just like share love with people and um i don't know get invite pr people out there whatever the case is just like share and embrace like that love and i don't know i'm sure one day sometime in the future someone will come up with something there's always things like that around yeah. and we'll work on it nice yeah yeah i've definitely seen people who have like the free hug signs things oh, like for that sure. but this would just be a much more concerted effort it would be yes it would actually be planned out and the thing is like i love all of our brands and our brand activations they're so fun and if you if you again if you're curious and you start asking questions you can really create awesome messaging out of it and just get really excited for um, th- for the experience, for what's going on in that moment. Nice, nice, cool. And Karina, finally, can you tell us more about your company, Brand Besties, and how events can really benefit from using experiential marketing? Sure, so uh, Brand Besties, we're an event staffing agency. Um, the way we bring value to our customers is by hiring premium event staff for their live event experiences. So oftentimes we work with experiential agencies, those that do it at the core. They're the ones brainstorming the big events uh, on a much higher level and, and creating them, producing them. Uh, and then they come to us to hire event staff. We've been working on some experiential projects in Austin, um, but at a much smaller level. It's like, how can we be scrappy and still be authentic to who we are? And um, I think that just doing event staffing for so many years, for agencies people are starting to come to us asking well Karina you've you've staffed all of the events what is everyone else doing you know and then they try to pick my brain like what are the ideas coming from these large-scale agencies or some other brands and so then we've started having conversations with brands about maybe street team marketing isn't what you need at this moment 
Um, maybe you do need to focus on strategy and figure out what are the other avenues that you can create experiences for your customers, whether that's face-to-face -face marketing or on a digital platform. Um, or using traditional traditional marketing and advertising. So it's never a clear picture. Like sometimes experiential marketing fits for some brands uh, and then other times it doesn't, not at the time or level that they're at in the moment. And they might just need like a little pop-up event or n maybe need some creative strategy for when they go to the local farmer's market. It's like, what, what is my messaging? What does it look like? Because even the looking of the booth, the 10 by 10, you have, you have 10 by 10, booth like what does that look like that's an experience in itself like are people going to be drawn to me because i'm creating an experience that they want to be a part of that they want to learn about awesome that's really great well thank you so much karina uh so if you want to learn more you can go to the brand besties site which is brandbesties.com uh they have a facebook page which is facebook.com brandbesties uh, their instagram handle is at brandbesties.com and then for karina's personal accounts you can follow her. Um, her apparently her big favorite is Instagram, which is at Corina Frankie. So and you spell that C O R I N A um, Frankie. And then LinkedIn is Corina Frankie, and Twitter is also at Corina Frankie. So thank you so much, Corina, and uh, hope you have a great rest of your day. And thank you to everyone for listening. And we'll be back again soon. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right. Bye bye.